from the Summer Skate Studios behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey West Weekly for January 17th, 2023. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Weekly is brought to you by Desert Toyota of Tucson. No gimmicks, no games, just a great car and a great experience. Find us at deserttoyota.com or at 7150 East 22nd Street in Tucson. Top Golf, let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Liberty University. Play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game in style. Summerskates.com. And by College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. College Hockey West Weekly from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. It is Tuesday night, which means it's time for College Hockey West Weekly. Scott Strandy on location tonight at the beautiful Spaghetti Shack in Tempe, Arizona. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein, joining me from that big, beautiful palatial estate out on Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you tonight? Uh, what I want to know is what did they stick in the spaghetti that allows you to be <laughs> delusional like that? <laughs> I have I have no idea. It was delicious, though. By the way, <laughs> I'm sure it was good. I just it it's clearly something they spiked yours because, um, for you to say that this is a palatial estate, um, you're clearly high. And okay, and you really you need know. to get you need to get to work on that new open because we have a new partner, and I'm in their uh, beautiful uh, location here on South Rural Road in Tempe. Okay. The Spaghetti Shack is on board now, that. and. This will be the first of many remotes that we'll do from here. We have another one coming up in two weeks as we stock um, the College Hockey West Independent Cup. Hey, I have to take care of my fellow Sun Devils, right, Joey? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, it'll be there. It'll be there by Sunday. Okay, we'll we'll look forward to that. Joey opening up a new store up in Pine Top, really? so he's uh, he's busy up there this week. Otherwise, he would have been down here. I'm sure the next time I'm here in a couple of weeks, he'll be here to uh, nice. to check things out, but. We're here to talk hockey and uh, eat spaghetti and promote things. I've got two gift cards that we're going to give away tonight. So if you're listening live, that's fantastic. If you're not listening live and you hear it on the uh, on the uh, download, you're more than welcome to chime in and see if we have a winner or not. I, you know, I'm going to guess we'll probably get a couple of winners. So you got trivia questions, right? Um, <laughs> huh? <laughs> I love on the spot that's the best part of my life well <laughs> well considering you have no life but that's, yeah exactly that's exactly um, it you know maybe inform me of this ahead of time <laughs> what fun would that be it's true 
Anyway, a uh, big weekend coming up at Mullet Arena just down the street from me. I don't know what, three, four miles where the uh, Arizona State Sun Devils are going to take on the Alaska Fairbanks Nanooks. The Nanooks leaving Fairbanks tomorrow morning early and flying in here to beautiful Tempe, Arizona um, to get prepared for uh, a serious showdown. Um, I had a chance to visit today with a couple of players from ASU. Tomorrow I'll visit with a couple of Nanooks. And I will tell you that the guys from Arizona State know exactly what lies ahead of them. And uh, Ty Murchison and TJ Semptonfelter reminded me and all of our listeners, as you'll hear later, that um, they're, they're here to uh, make sure that they're the only independent team that makes the tournament. Not, okay. not, they don't want any others. All right, well, this, that's the way you got to go out and play, right? I mean, um, you know, if you can't. That that's that's all. By the way, not only is that all that you can ask for, um, because you have to sit there and like, well, we can't lay down because that's not right for the other teams fighting for that spot too, right? I mean, you have to play. Exactly. And today, I I picked out uh, two players, two of the three that have been Iron Men, haven't missed a game yet for the Sun Devils. That being T.J. Um, Semptonfelter and Ty Murchison, and the other one being uh, Josh Doan. Um, so I had a chance to visit with two of the three today, and I think you'll find uh, what they said to be uh, very entertaining because they, uh, they actually let me know um, what it's been like being a, being a Sun Devil and playing the Mullet Arena. And uh, if you see the video when I get it up on Twitter, you'll go, oh, they're smiling. Yeah, absolutely. They're having a lot of fun, even Ty Murchison. I joked with him a little bit about um, his style of play, if you will. <laughs> he said, yeah, I think I pushed it to the limit a couple of times this year, and maybe I shouldn't do that, but, hey, it is what I do. Well, you know, hey, I mean, I to totally understand that because uh, Lord knows that uh, I've never been that. I've, I've never pushed things because <laughs> that's what I do. You've never pushed the envelope before? No. Uh, oh, okay. Well, then, then we all feel better knowing that. Uh, so anyway, here at the beautiful Spaghetti Shack, it's takeout and delivery. So you come in, you place your order, you get it really quickly, and uh, you take it out and you enjoy it. Um, glad to have them on board as, uh, as partners. Like I said, we'll be doing some more live remotes from here and giving away some gift cards and doing all that good stuff down the road. Who knows? Uh, the summertime might be a, a crazy time to be over here as well. So um, as I said, I enjoy the spaghetti and meatballs. You can get a small shack, a mid shack. You can get a full shack. You can get it gluten-free. You can get whatever you need here at the Spaghetti Shack in Tempe, South Rural Road, just south of the 60. And, Paul, do you know where that is? Um, Not a clue. I, I, I mean, I guess <laughs> if, it's, if you're saying on Rural Road, I would have a clue. Yeah, if you cross but... over the 60... Uh, just south the of 60, the campus, what's that? you can't miss us. The 60 Highway. What? Oh, yeah, okay. Wasn't here when you were here in the Stone Ages. I forgot about no, that. No, it was not. <laughs> anyway, so so we're here to uh, not only talk about spaghetti and promote spaghetti, but we're also here to talk hockey. So um, as I mentioned, a big matchup this weekend is the uh, – where are they at now? Number 17, uh, Alaska it's Nanooks? Somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, okay. it, 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 we're splitting hairs, but – they're right there, 17, 18. They're, not, they're right there with with uh, Notre Dame, Cornell, Northeastern. They're basically, you, you, you. if you're lucky, if you can get a couple of pieces of paper between them. 
Uh, that's tight. <laughs> anyway, um, we also got a great guest coming on. It's our own Nick Maxson. going to be joining me in just a minute. And uh, we're going to get his insight into college hockey and the fact that uh, he's pretty dialed in to uh, Minnesota college hockey. That's if Nick can dig out of about, I don't know, two feet of snow that's coming his way. When I saw the winter storm warning that said uh, it's Tuesday now and it said it was going to end on Thursday night, I was going like, yeah, okay, this is crazy. But uh, we'll find out from Nick in just a minute um, about oh, that. It's crazy. I, like, why do people put up with that? <laughs> uh, I love it because I'm, when I'm sitting here, people are coming in thinking that I'm just humoring uh, to myself. And, um, you know, the, the bells and whistles that are going off for all the delivery companies. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool environment right here at the Spaghetti Shack on South Rural Road in Tempe. So if you get a chance and you're in the area and you want to get some great spaghetti, come in, say hello. You can't miss me. I'm sitting on the big green couch. Oh, it's hard to miss you no matter where you are. <laughs> Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Um, okay, so let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and then let's come back, and let's bring on Nick Maxson, and let's talk a little college hockey with uh, the voice of everything that is college hockey, at least in Minnesota, and soon to be with us, I think. So we're working on something here. All right, we'll be back in just a minute. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Banks it towards the goal. He scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious, man. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. From the nation's best college hockey conference. Exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. 
question, comment, let us hear from you on our text message line at 303-943-3772. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans, to College Hockey West Weekly. It's our Tuesday night show. It's where it all started for us at ITHSW Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight live from the Spaghetti Shack, South Rural Road in Tempe, Arizona. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by, get yourself some great food. And um, who knows? Say hello. Maybe uh, maybe I'll do something for you. I doubt it, but who knows? Well, you give a gift card instead of me having to make up some sort of trivia. I don't know. i got to make up some sort of trivia thing now. At least, we, at least we have Nick to talk to in a few minutes. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I can... Yeah, Paul Hornstein joining me from Long Island, New York. He uh, he got away from the servants for just a little bit from the police. Yeah, okay. State, yeah, um, moved moved himself into a comfort zone so he could talk hockey with us tonight. And speaking of talking hockey, let's go to. Uh, can I say it? Can I just say our own Nick Maxson? Because pretty soon that's going to happen. Nick Scott and Paul are with you tonight. How are you? Uh, getting ready to dig out, guys. Uh- <laughs> oh my God! Why does any? How does any? Why do you guys put up with that? Get out of there. Working on that, right? Oh, my uh, Lord. Yeah, that's my not goodness. just for you, uh, by the way. I don't, that's just I know. insanity. Oh, it's insanity. Uh, this late in February, too. Uh, this is oh. this is a lot of snow late. Uh, so let's just say that's it's, uh, you know, kind of damping the mood a little bit here on what we thought was going to be maybe spring coming aboard. And nope, old man winter says, no, not yet. Just <laughs> <laughs> all right. Us, give us a forecast because uh, Terry sent me one uh, today uh, and it said that the governor called out the National Guard to to prepare for this and uh the, the winter storm warning is in effect till thursday at 6 p.m i'm going like it's tuesday today so what do we do with wednesday we're just going to include it in wednesday and all the way through thursday yeah you don't typically skip a days in the weather forecast uh, although <laughs> you know <laughs> how much snow uh, are you supposed to get there you know it and for those who from the midwest uh and scott you would you would know this i think it's hard for folks to understand it's so hard to predict you know, the, the level of snow. So you get this range and you could almost write a comedy strip on it because it could be (laughs) latest projections where it could be six inches. Then they say, Oh, but it could be as much as about 18 inches somewhere in there. Uh, so, you know, small discrepancy, but you know, that's, that's sort of where the, the latest trends are as you know, you average it out to about a foot of snow. Uh, luckily earlier today I was out and, uh, it was light snow. So not the, the wet, heavy stuff, which should make, uh, getting it out of the way, uh, easier than, uh, than it would be if it was wet. So, but yeah, a lot fresh new, uh, coat of powder coming down here in the good old Midwest. Oh God. <laughs> Paul Ornstein moaning from Long Island. Oh. <laughs> He's a Mets fan. I get it. Well, you don't have enough. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, still, you don't have, yeah. <laughs> Lord, well, uh, you just you don't have enough salt up there for this. I mean, that's just nuts. no. <laughs> and, and Paula, I do want to say real quick before we get into college hockey, uh, because you're the abound <laughs> Arizona State fan. Yeah. Um, I got a player you need to keep a watch on that's going to be joining Arizona State. Could be as early as next year. Um, you should be looking out for uh, NHL forward Chase Lapinta. Uh, he's a um, Texas native. Uh, he leads all rookies with 23 goals. Uh, in fact, he's nearly top 10 as a pure rookie in the NHL. He's, he's a bit of a small, but uh, he, he's, uh, he's a confident player. Um, 
Yeah, he just sees the ice roll. His shot's wicked. He's pulled off a couple of Michigans this season. Uh, I get to cover him up here in the Central Division doing some play-by-play, and he's an exciting player to watch. So keep your eyes on Chase Lopinta. Again, more than likely he uh, is going to be debuting in the Sun Devils uniform as early as next season uh, just with his immediate success. But, uh, yeah, so if you, if you want to get excited about some future prospects, this is a guy to keep it. Well, uh, our, our buddy uh, from Texas, uh, Tanner, Tanner, Tanner Wilson, Wilson. Uh, who tries to keep us uh, up to date on, 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 on players from that region. Um, you know, it, it's the thing about size is weird, though, because, you know, everybody wants big guys because you can't coach size. But the, the, the game is is more about speed now than than anything else. The, the the question I would have for you is, at least from what you've seen, can he take the punishment? Yes, he can. Um, in fact, uh, he's 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 almost like a Max Domi in that sense, where uh, the size of the dog to him does not matter. He will not back down from any of the all physical <laughs> uh, physicalities. He's got an edge okay. to his game, um, but he's got the finesse with uh, the way that he finishes. Uh, he had goals in 10 straight, nearly set a Minot record, uh, which would have been his 11th. He then scored three more, so had uh, goals in four, uh, 13 or 14 games from essentially December through January. Uh, this kid has a rocket, a right-handed shot, uh, and he's going to be the one that put pucks in the net. Um, it obviously will have to watch to see his, uh, you know, when he does decide to make the jump, how we adjust the NCAA Division One. Obviously, even faster, you know, a, a better defense. Right. So, so how we. How does he take the ice and what's given to him? But uh, the raw talent is there. And more importantly, as you mentioned, Paul, uh, not a guy that backs down from anything. Uh, he's uh, no stranger to some, uh, shall we say, some uh, after-whistle uh, scraps. We'll put it that way. Oh, we like that because Lord knows that's <laughs> important. And and so is somebody that can finish because, um, as as we have stated many times this year, that's been ASU's biggest problem is 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 – you know, is, is, is finishing and they just have struggled to, to hit the net and, 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 and get, you know, rebound and crashing the net opportunities. So that is good to hear uh, about a, a future Sun Devil. And uh, now I can look forward to it. And can I, you know, can I build his line for him? You are Nick. Can I build his line for him guys? Um, we no, no, really no, good, no, you stay really out of this. Can, <laughs> no, no, you stay out of this. We had a really good Canadian line this last weekend on, on Canada Day, Nick, which was Friday night here at Mullet Arena. Um, and I, I think there's a guy named go. Ryan Robinson and Ryan O'Reilly, two pretty big boys that would fit very nicely with uh, Mr. LaPinta. I knew this was coming. because <laughs> I haven't given him a nickname yet, but I'm working no, on it. No, but you're thinking about it already, which is the scary part. Because it'll be some sort of Texas line <laughs> nonsense. And just, no. Everything's bigger stop in Texas. On, I'm putting the stop to it now. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so, Nick, here's the deal. Um, we're doing the College Hockey West Independent Cup for our five independent teams. And did we add? Yeah, one, let me see here. Two Alaskas, Arizona State, Lindenwood, and we added LIU to our coverage area for NCAA hockey starting next year. Yeah, they but I thought, know you know yet. what? Let's bring them on board this year because uh, it's pretty unique. Um, their conference tournament is none because they're independents. So they're kind of doing battle with each other. And this weekend is a huge game between Fairbanks, 
uh, series between Fairbanks and ASU. I don't know how closely you've seen Fairbanks, but they're scary good. They are good. Uh, they've been a disruptor, uh, to say it lightly, with Fairbanks this year. Um, they caught some people a bit by surprise, I think, earlier in, in, uh, in November when they started to you know, hack off a win here, a win there. And as you mentioned, seventeenth uh, in the pairwise, uh, so they're knocking on the door. And you know, one bad weekend from a team above them, uh, they could be uh, in the top sixteen, and they could be looking at an at-large bid. Which, as you and I both know, Scott is you know sort of their only ticket in. Unfortunately, right now with no conference, um, they're not, shall we say, the most consistent team that's out there. But when they're on their game, they're a very good hockey squad. Uh, that's been their probably their Achilles heel has just been their consistency. But man. At 18, 10, and 2, uh, you know, being that they really kind of flown under the radar, that's not a team, if I'm a top team going into the NCAA tournament, I want to face uh, in the first round just because, again, they are sneaky good. Uh, a lot of folks really haven't been looking at them, and uh, they can surprise you. And, again, when they're on their game, they're on. Nick, let me tell you, and, and you're, this name is going to be familiar. I'm sitting down tomorrow afternoon with – Johnny the Glue Sorensen. Oh, no. Um, Stop, please. I'm <laughs> begging you. <laughs> anyway, I had to get that in there for Paul. But Johnny Sorensen left Minnesota, <laughs> went to uh, Fairbanks. I've told people all year long, even from the summer, Nick, I've been saying, like, he, he's the glue. He's the piece that they needed to, uh, to gain confidence. And for him to pick up and move from Minnesota to Alaska, your thoughts on Johnny Sorensen and the job that he's doing. I don't know how close you followed that, but I know you, you know him as a Minnesota player. You know, it's it's a tough move. Let's let's be honest. You know, when you're going from uh, Minnesota and you're headed up to uh, uh, essentially to uh, the upper Northwest territories, essentially, uh, you know, and let's just say this. They've done a pretty nice job of hitting the transfer portal. Uh, I've really just sort of getting their players to buy in. I think that's it's been a tough sell lately. Again, we, we've, uh, you know, it's no secret that the Alaska schools have, you know, have had some a tough go since the, you know, essentially the breakup of the WCHA. But I, I really think when you take a look at everything and, and what they have done, uh, it's hats off, right? It's 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 insane, and you you need that glue guy. You know, you, you need to be able to have some men and, and sort of be the rallying cry. And for Johnny Sorensen, um, at St. Louis park, uh, my goodness, uh, he's a heck of a player. I think he's a bit underrated as far as the covers that gets, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, what a job he's, you know, he's done and, and led these guys to where they're at in terms of the, uh, in the paralyzed battle. Well, if you look at it, um, and, and, and I kind of was on this last year. Uh, from December on, this team last year was was very, very good. And when the season started again this year, um, I don't want to say that they struggled out of the box, but, you know, they did. Um, you know, they lost to – they lost in overtime to St. Thomas who was a little bit better than anybody thought they would be this year. Um, they got swept by Michigan Tech, also a team that has turned out to be uh, a little bit better than people thought they would be. Uh, lost in overtime at Omaha. Mm -hmm. Here we are again, right? A little bit better than people thought they would be. Um, and got swept at Penn State. I mean, 
there's really outside of maybe the St. Thomas game been no game that they really lost that they should have won. You know, and maybe the the second game at Long Island. I mean, who are their other losses uh, at Notre Dame? Right. I mean, you wouldn't go into that game thinking that Alaska was the favorite on the road and they lost to Denver. Hell, how many people lose to Denver? Everybody. <laughs> Not everybody. Check you mess. <laughs> well, they didn't lose at Denver. Yeah, good point. Um, check St. Cloud State. Nick, how are, uh, how are the Huskies doing? Oof. Uh, the struggle bus has got a few empty seats on it. Uh, right. It's It's been really tough. Uh, they lost Dylan Anhorn uh, about three, four weeks ago, and it was a non-contact related injury actually during pregame warm-ups. And uh, the story is, is essentially uh, Brett Larson, the head coach, was essentially doing his pregame interviews with the radio and the television guys. And uh, essentially the trainer ran into their side room under the bleachers. And uh, let's just say that, you know, didn't tell them what was going on, but it was like, hey, immediately. And uh, from what we understand is that they, they knew instantaneously that he was done for the year. Um, and he was essentially the replacement on the blue line for Nick Perbix. He was that offensively driving defenseman, really good on his feet, drove possession in both areas of the rink, uh, and especially was really good at 50-50 pucks, keeping him in the offensive zone. Just super smart player, really silking in his stride. Uh, at, at one point was top three on the team in points all the way through essentially January. And since he's been out, they're just, it's just this team is not the same. They don't have that same dynamic on the back end. They've been getting trapped in their own zone. Um, a lot of relief plays are off the glass and out, so they're not transitioning. They're not possessing the puck as much. And so it's been a struggle. Um, and then this last weekend up in North Dakota, uh, let two games get away. Uh, they were up 3-1 on Friday before blowing it to the Fighting Hawks, who have had their struggles this season. And then on Saturday, again, uh, losing a, a 2-1 to lead uh, to take it in the shootout. So it's it's been tough as of late. And, you know, we you don't want to say it's been one player, right? But it certainly has the feeling that the loss of Dale and Anhorn has sent ripples up and down the squad. And uh, it couldn't, you know, not that there's a great time, uh, but there just isn't enough time, unfortunately, left in the season for this team to figure it out. They have to do it. Now they got two weekends left at Omaha this weekend. And then again at home. Uh, against the Bulldogs, who have had a bit of a resurgence late themselves after a, a torrid start to their season. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, you're going to have to try to put some together. And for the Huskies, it's either now or never, or else they're going to be uh, a one and done come the NCAA tournament, which from the fan base will tell you that's a big concern right now. Well, l- let me ask you, let me ask the question this way, though. Um, yes, it definitely takes time to make the adjustment from losing a player of that stature who's, by the way, still fourth on the team in scoring. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Okay. He's um, have a month. Right. So you have a month. You've got essentially another month to figure it out because it's not like, I mean, I, I don't think, and I could be completely off base because I'm not a computer, that they're in any position to Thank not. Thank God, because if you were, I'd be punching you. Well, yeah. <laughs> Or whacking me with a baseball bat or something. I, there, I don't see a scenario that knocks them out at large bid if they don't win the conference tournament. So they've got a month more to figure it out. Now, is that long enough? I assume that would be the question. That is the question, right, Paul? And, and I think that's 
that's the big concern, right? Is that they feel, you know, even though they lost in uh, technically in overtime and then it did a, a tie NCAA standards, they actually moved from seventh to fifth in the paralyzed just because of some of the other teams and some of the results around them. So again, it, it's not about the math for St. Cloud fans. Uh, they're, they're hungry for a deep run again after the uh, almost improbable 2021 run that ended at the hands of UMass there in Pittsburgh. Uh, so it's more about can this team pull, get back to the way that they were they were such a dominant team up until the loss of Dylan Anhorn. There really wasn't a weakness in their game. Maybe the penalty kill here and there, which has improved. But it's, yeah, it's more about, yeah, you got your ticket punched, which is sort of the expectation now with this with this club, which is fantastic. But the expectation when they get there is, how 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 well they're going to play, and with some of the other top end opponents that are out there, this it's it's a scary proposition right now for St. Cloud hockey. There's no question about it. Well, I'll admit I'll admit it's probably my fault. Because, uh, it is your fault because at the end of you know in, in in January at the end of January I put them in the number one spot in my in my ballot. And <laughs> yeah, probably what did the man. It's always your fault. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> So Nick, Paul, and I were looking at the pairwise rankings, and uh, every Sunday night now we're throwing out uh, a sequence of four, the top four, and and where we think they're going to end up in the regionals. And I think the first two are given, so I'll give those to you. Minnesota's definitely be going to Fargo, and mm-hmm. Quinnipiac is going to definitely be going to Bridgeport. Um, if it were to start right now, you have Michigan and Denver. We think Michigan's going to end up in Allentown, and Denver ends up in Manchester. Your thoughts on those four? I don't think those four change. Uh, I'm right there with you. Minnesota's the lo and behold best team in college hockey. They're the most complete balanced squad. There's no way they move. Uh, Quinnipiac. I refuse, I refuse to admit that, by the way, Nick. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people that refuse to admit that. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, the Gopher fan base has come out of the, uh, shall we say, the cracks here the last yeah, couple, of course. Uh, couple seasons uh, with Bob Motzko, the former St. Cloud coach, I'll be announced, uh, that yes. has resurrected that program. Uh but they're good. Uh, you know, think what you want about their history. That that program is sneaky good. And, you know, just to gonna kind of give you a little bit of a bite there last weekend, they were out with Ryan Chesley and Brock Favor, and they still beat the crap out of a couple of teams. So uh yeah, about that, right? So I don't I don't see any movement with those top four. Those are gonna be your number one seeds. The only way that it happens is if someone has a monumental collapse. I don't see any of that happening to the top four. Um, I'm right there with it. I think uh uh Minnesota again goes to to Fargo, Quinnipiac, uh, Michigan, Denver, two, three, and four will be your number one seeds, and that's it'll be it'll be good though. I'll tell you that it's it's going to be a, at least uh, the teams that rightfully deserve it. That's it's so, uh, it's going to be a good one. Nick, let me follow that up by saying currently St. Cloud is number five, as you mentioned. Western mm-hmm. Michigan is six. Penn State seven. Ohio State is eight. So if they stay that way, and you have to move them into regions. Does St. Cloud go to Fargo? It almost does look like that, doesn't it? Uh, and mind you, Fargo, for those uh, St. Cloud fans, have not been kind to that hockey program over the over the years. Uh, Fargo was, again, the infamous AIC game. I was uh, actually calling the game on radio. Um, Bob Moskow's last game that he ever coached. Uh, so how about that? It's uh, it was crazy. I even remember looking at Ryan Paling as he came up to the glass, and you could see just the look in his eyes. Uh, the the Montreal draft pick at the time, uh, he knew that was the last game that he played. Uh, I know a bunch of people were talking ice conditions. There were problems with the ice. There's no question. But uh, at the end of the day, you got to figure out a way to make it work. And 
it was it was a tough loss. Uh, supposedly they've got that fixed, and uh, it will be. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name. Is it she- not Shieldsery? That's Fargo, but uh, the new uh, arena down in uh, Augustana that will be getting some of those uh, Northwest area bids here come the next couple of years as far as regionals. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I think it, at this point looks like they are heading on a crash course, uh, with, uh, Minnesota to Fargo. Now, whether they face off each other in the regional final or not, uh, those two teams, if they do know each other well, uh, and it'll be a big bloodbath, uh, as long as the, the referees don't call, a you know, a pulled Jersey. Yes. No, no pun intended. Uh, so we'll go from there, uh, but that's what it looks like. <laughs> well, we, we're all for that. We're all for bloodbaths. Yeah, we want that. <laughs> and chaos. bring me the chaos. Bring oh, me yeah, the chaos. Same thing. Yes. Yeah, we, we're 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 all for that. I mean, you're sitting here in a situation where um, things are going to looks at least as of right now. You know, things could move around a lot in those five to eight spots. And Denver and Michigan can move or can can flip flop, so and you can't. I mean, I they're they're going to try and avoid second round matchups with conference teams, but I, I, you know, if the chalk wins, I don't know how you avoid it. Yeah, I'm because, not sure how you do it either. You know, um, and right now, uh, BU would be a three seed after they were in the top three most of the season because they had a couple mm-hmm. of disastrous weekends. And, and that's it. Yeah. And so I mean, you're going to be in a region with them as the three seed. Huh? Are you kidding? I mean, yeah, that that Fargo ahead. regional could be pretty nuts uh, if, it, if it works out that way. Um, I mean, it looks like at least from what we know, five, 10 teams uh, will make the dance pretty easily. Uh, there could be six, depending on what Michigan State does. Uh, Notre Dame is up there as well. So, I mean, holy cow, uh, the days of the NCHC dominating with five, six teams is at least not the case this year. It's been the Big Ten, and the only outlier has been really Wisconsin, which is a whole separate conversation. But yeah, we'll try, uh, I gotta yeah it's, one day. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, as you mentioned, it's going to be tough if uh, those pairwise rankings hold to uh, try to mix up those Big Ten teams. It's The math just doesn't work out. You're going to have – uh, Big Ten opponents probably play each other at some point and could even be a first-round series if uh, uh, the paralyze doesn't shift as much over the next couple of weeks. And and I'll say this, okay, because unless there's an upset in Atlantic hockey, um, not that I want to throw a scare into the fans of that, you know, the ones that have come out of the woodwork all of a sudden, uh, um, you know, the ones that, that – uh, you know, hold their nose up in the air. And, yeah, I don't care. They can be pissed off at me. I don't care. Um, Tommy Scarfoni over there at RIT is a damn good goalie, and they play a very disciplined style. And, you know, they're going to be in that game, whoever they're playing, assuming they win that conference tournament, with nothing to lose. And that's the last thing you want to do in a first-round matchup is play somebody that's got nothing to lose. And, God forbid, they score first. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay. I'm letting people know that RIT is a darn good team. Yeah, I watched them play in person. They are a very and, good team. <laughs> and and their goalie is top notch and 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 if and if anybody has to face Fairbanks, they're they're not gonna want to do that either. So I'm just 
Go okay, ahead. so let me ask Nick this. Um, Minnesota State, uh, I said all year, Nick, I think they've been struggling with the fact that they don't have um, one Dryden McKay in goal. And mm-hmm. I watched them play out here in um, in the desert, uh, two-game series against Arizona State, and I talked to Mike Hastings a little bit. And, um, I, you know, I said, what's it been like? And, and he said, well, it's not really been um, the fact that, you know, obviously they missed Dryden McKay, but it's kind of been – just the fact of getting everything together and, and they had a nice home stretch or still in the middle of a home stretch, I think, um, at Mankato. But if they come in as 11, 12, maybe a 10 seed um, uh, or 10th or 10, 11 or 12 overall, so they'd be a third or a fourth seed, how scary can Minnesota State be uh, to an opponent? Uh, your death wish, scary, um, honestly. Uh Minnesota State and St. Cloud State are essentially going in opposite directions in terms of their trends. Uh, Minnesota State could not find any sort of 60-minute effort the first half of the season. They had a bunch of injuries. Uh, they couldn't score. Uh, again, with goaltenders Keenan Rancier and uh, Alex Tracy uh, trying to essentially assume the role. Hastings was doing a rotation. Uh, they just didn't have everything clicking. And then they got the holiday break. They came back, and uh, let's just say that uh, the switch went on. Uh, and it also helps that uh, you inject uh, some really good uh, Northeast Canadian blood and Simon Tassie into the lineup, who was a pretty good dynamic offensive player, made an immediate impact. He's been slotted into their first and second line over the course of his very young NCAA career. Um, they've got it figured out right now. And so for Minnesota State, uh, a team that uh, you know couldn't you know find – you know, essentially the needle and haystack with a map. Now it's, you know, they, they could do it blindfolded. They're a very solid hockey team. And if it wasn't for their uh, tough start, they'd be, I would think they'd be in the top eight, if not top six uh, in terms of the pairwise rankings. Uh, they're a solid squad and uh, there's no question. There's still some hunger there with a lot of the team trying to come back after last year's defeat at, I forget which team was it. I think we cover it here in this podcast. Uh, the, they're a solid squad. They're a scary third or fourth uh, team, and you, they're definitely not a team you want to take lightly. They're very, very good, and they're playing their best hockey of the year at the right time, too. Listen, we don't have a problem with the Denver fans on this on this podcast. I don't have a problem with most. <laughs> what you, there's, there's what, six, seven Division One teams in, 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 in Minnesota? Six right now. Yeah, I'm okay with five of the six, so I don't want to make it sound like uh, uh, I have a problem. So, but um, you know, we you have a we problem just with shoveling about, snow. That I have a problem with. Okay, time. just checking. Um, we talked about St. Cloud trying to adjust without Einhorn. Um, you know, it probably took uh, Minnesota State half a season to finally said, okay, we have to. We we we, we should be used to playing without McKay now. Because you, he was there for four years, and you just su- subconsciously it probably took them a while to be like, oh yeah, McKay's not here. We have to do things a little bit differently. They might have been thinking more on the back end, whereas with McKay they were so used to playing with him and how he played that it probably that had to be their adjustment period. I think that's part of it. I also think too that. When they, I mean, if you look at the first half stats and their uh, their offense was anemic, and that's saying it very, very lightly. Uh, so they weren't. So with the the goaltending tandem, they weren't getting some some stops they needed. In fact, if you look at the first couple of weeks, they got trounced a couple of uh, couple of times, pretty big uh, early part in their season. There were some 
there were some tense Minnesota State fans that were out there, and I, I can tell you that they've uh, they've come back down to uh, to earth a little bit. Uh, they're feeling much more confident again. I, I don't know if it's necessarily all McKay. I think it was a combination of everything. The adjustment from him, of course, you know, uh, playing with a goaltender or a deep air, right? There's chemistry there. So there's that. Again, the different uh, skill sets of Tracy and Rancier, and then also having your injuries, also having some veteran guys that – you know, had really good seasons the year before and, and really had slow starts offensively. It really, they just couldn't buy getting everything together, as Scott said. And now that they have, uh, they're, they're a train that is running away and they're going to be tough to stop. Nick, let well, me ask you this uh, real quick, if I can. Um, you know, I'm just looking at the pairwise right now. And we were talking about the Big Ten and obviously they've had a really, really good year. But um, it's, in, in theory, eight or ten of the teams in the NCAA tournament uh, could be either Minnesota or NCHC. I'm just looking Big Ten. Let's go up. I'm sorry, Big Ten or NCHC. Minnesota, Michigan, yep. Penn State, Ohio State, those four seem to be locks. Yeah, But also locked. in the NCHC, you've got Denver, St. Cloud, Western Michigan, and then Omaha kind of teetering on the edge of it. So what does that say for those two conferences to, to possibly have, you know, half the field? I guess it's normal. <laughs> it's normal for the NCAT to have. They've sort of been a powerhouse since their inception. Uh, you know, the numbers of that conference don't lie. Uh, the Big Ten, uh, when it was first put together, uh, there's no question they, they had some, maybe some, some cold shoulders. Uh, but for whatever reason, this year, it all kind of came together. Uh, and you're also seeing not only that it's coming together, but you look down their pipeline, right? They're getting the top recruits, Michigan, Right, Minnesota's getting the top recruits uh, back again. Penn State's recruiting really well. So, and that was sort of the big struggles of some of the Big Ten teams was they weren't getting those high-end recruits. And now that they are, um, they're sort of rivaling. If not uh, this season, they they might have more teams in the dance, if not equal in the CHC. And it just shows you that uh, in the essentially the upper Midwest and in Snowdensville up here, as you know, another foot of snow falls here in the Twin <laughs> Cities area, that. These, this is an area that people want to come play hockey. The top talent wants to come to these programs because not only do they have great coaching that's going to prepare them for the next level, or be it uh, you know the NHL or maybe another type of pro league that they want to go out and uh, become pro players, but they're also going to have tough competition night in, night out. Uh, the NCHC has been famous, uh, minus you know a team or two towards the bottom. The Big Ten this year, again, all but one, and we're talking Wisconsin, uh, better dead than red. Yes, I said it. Uh, That's a, listen. I, top, we love this. Yeah, we love yes. this. Don't, don't, I have <laughs> yes. no problems with this. I said it. We love and, this, and and I'm not anti Wisconsin, by the way. No. Okay. I'm just saying that if, if I have no problems, you want to? I have no problems. Anybody that knows me knows <laughs> that I'm as critical about ASU <sighs> as anybody else. So uh, if I can be but, critical of my own team, let's go. Let's let's right. spew the hatred, baby. Let's go. And I have no problem with Wisconsin too. And, and, you know, just between us guys here, you know, it would shock me if uh, Tony Granado was uh, get the home next season. Uh, and, you know, you talk about uh, just the entire program, the direction it's headed, you know, ever since they lost uh, essentially Cole Caulfield after they got uh, uh, upset, even though it was a, a commonly picked upset the Midget State over Wisconsin a couple of years back in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they just haven't had it. They just haven't had any of the weapons. Their their pipeline is is thin, and uh, you know just kind of where Lucia got with Minnesota. Again, all due respect to Don Lucia, 
uh, now current commissioner of the CCHA. You know, there just comes a time where maybe the voice needs to change, and I think you might see that with Wisconsin uh, come due because, uh, again, if you look at the Big Ten standings, it's the top six, and there's a giant gap, and then there's Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. They've, they've had a better second half, but, uh, again, you've got to look at the whole picture, and I, I think changes are coming to the Badger program this season. All right, I want to you you brought them up you brought the league up and um you know I I have not shied away from the thought that um they left the two they left the three the two Wisconsin uh, Alaska schools and and Huntsville in the lurch but um mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there at this point but I just want people to know I haven't forgotten um you you have a league that's got a St. Thomas in it at, you know, right now, and and they are uh, better this year than I think anybody thought they would be. Uh, we love Rico Blasi, and we know what a great coach he is, one of my favorites. Um, and you got Augustana in next year uh, as an expansion team, so to speak. Um, what is the word on the street about those two places? Are people worried about them? I think if you were to talk with the microphones off, I think there is a worry about those squads. I, I think St. Thomas, um, as you saw, $75 million gift uh, oh, to yeah. help them build an arena on campus. Uh, and, and mind you, that's the second large gift from that same family. They donated $60 million to the university back in 2004, 2005. Uh, so that was more academic-related. Right. Uh, this puts it right on there, you know, because they were looking for those familiar with the Twin Cities. There was an old St. Paul uh, Ford production plant, essentially on the very west side of St. Paul, where it meets Minneapolis, just south of downtown. Uh, but it would needed a lot of environmental costs to clean up. Uh, they kind of shied away from that. It was also away from campus. Uh, right. When someone writes you a check for seventy-five million and says, "Hey, we want to put this on campus," you listen, and oh, it looks yeah. to be a nice, yeah. Nice building. It will house both basketball um, and hockey, from what we understand, and maybe volleyball. I'd imagine a couple of sports will use it. Uh, it looks brilliant, but it's more of that endowment money. There's no, there's no secret that St. Thomas has got deep pockets. And when you can start to offer some of those bigger kids scholarships, uh, it's going to start to turn the tides. And I think, and we talked about this on a couple other shows that have been on, for teams like, say, Bemidji, even St. Cloud, uh, how about Minnesota State, Duluth? Uh, that could steer some kids their way just because they could be getting that full-ride scholarship at places that just simply can't offer one. And so there is, I think, a quiet concern with St. Thomas once that building is broken. And, and granted, you've already seen it. Now, if you look at Rico Blasi and some of the recruits he's got coming in, uh, he's had a pretty good run over those first couple of seasons, and it's only going to get better for him uh, once he's in his own barn here the next couple of years. So I, I think there is concern. Augustana, the same thing brand new facility there in South Dakota. Uh, it's going to be almost pro broadcast spec. Um, you could, you could call it. So yeah, there's concern in the region because it's going to be now, how many is in that region? That's just what 10 to 12 there in the upper Midwest that yeah. uh, is going to become knocking at your door if you're a top talent. And uh, uh, sometimes if you get that full ride scholarship over another program, you know, it can, it can be quite the needle mover if you're uh, trying to play division one college hockey. And just, for comparison for folks that that may or may not understand um the pagulas gave penn state a hundred million dollars to, to build their building start the men you know and move the men's and women's programs up to division one so we're talking about definitely the 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 uh, the penthouse of an of of donations here 100 mm-hmm. percent. so 
Okay, Nick, let me ask you this again, too, because I'm still looking at the pairwise in front of me because I'm bored. <laughs> and by the way, I'm at the Spaghetti Shack here on uh, South Rural Road doing a live broadcast tonight. But, and I'm not bored because the food is delicious, but I'm getting a little sleepy. Anyway. Carbo. What he's saying, Paul, is that we're. What he's saying, Paul, is that we need to be more exciting. Really? Uh, because I. Listen, uh, just because I can't uh, rant about the computer like he does, I mean, that's just. I, know. I defeated the computer, by the way. It's, I'm, no, you I'm didn't, know. but that's yeah. okay. Yeah, I want to know. The, uh, anyway, Nick, what I wanted to ask you was, uh, Paul and I have been watching Notre Dame and Michigan State, and right now Notre Dame sits 14-14-4, and four, um, Michigan State 16-16-2. and two. Uh, Both of them are on the fence of uh, making the NCAA tournament, but we also know that you have to have a plus 500 record to uh, or a 500-plus record to uh, get into the uh, tournament, um, your thoughts on the end of the season for either one of those two? Are they uh, could they make the team in the pairwise, but then be eliminated because they don't have the 500 record? They could. Uh, again, you're talking about the old Wisconsin rule. Uh, I, I forget when that was enacted. It wasn't at what 2006, 2007, something like that. Um, I'm just making a number up. Let's be honest. Uh, okay. But <laughs> yeah, right. we do that uh, all the time. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's going to be close with these guys. Uh, both these teams, you talk about consistency kerfumples. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, they can score five a night and then be shut out the next night. Michigan State can score seven and then couldn't sniff ten shots on goal the next night. In fact, Michigan State has been sort of the more extreme team. When we talk about the Big Ten, they actually had a really, really good start to the season. And they, once they started to hit that meat of their schedule, they just could not keep up. And again, uh, against the Govers more recently, they had a – uh, a pretty good streak going into that uh, into that weekend, and uh, Minnesota came in and uh, kind of smacked them around their own building. So uh, it's 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 going to be close uh, again. The Big Ten up and down uh, minus one team is is got the majority in the conference right now. Um, there's still a, a huge you know disparity between second and sixth, where I think it's separated by just a couple of points. So these teams are going to have to fight incredibly hard to get it. It wouldn't shock me. If they uh, end up with essentially 500 records, even as they head towards the uh, the big dance selection show, but uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, you got your control and your own destiny, right? You got to go out there, you got to play. Uh, you know, try for three wins, try to make sure that you don't put yourself in that scenario. But it's going to be tough again. All these teams in the Big Ten this year are good, and it's not going to be an easy task. But you just got to take it one game at a time. Okay, got to ask this one as well. Um... Alaska's got four games left, uh, two against ASU this weekend, as I mentioned, uh, two against Lindenwood um, the following weekend up in Alaska. Um, so that means if they win all four, that gets them to 22-10-2. They're currently 17th in the pairwise. Is that enough, Nick? Is that enough to secure them a spot? Oh, you would you would think it would be, but, you know, the, the problem with where Alaska is, Scott and Paul, is – yeah, you have a control of your own destiny, but you also don't at the same time, yeah. right? Um, it's because one thing about the pairwise race, yes, it's about the records, but it's also about the comparisons, right? Now, Alaska's had some good wins. Like, I mean, with Pollard Togbees, they had wins against Denver, uh, other really good wins early in the part of the season. But with the record, is that going to be enough uh, against Lindenwood? Is it going to move the needle? Probably not, right? Uh, so, and, and honestly, against Arizona State, do they probably have to sweep that? Probably. Uh, it's going to come down to a comparisons tool, I think, for Alaska. 
And I think if they want to be safe, they got to be up to where Omaha is at, up to be 13 or 12 uh, for them to really feel comfortable. If they're sitting where they're at at 17, 15, 16, again, when they get that independent and Atlantic coming in, uh, that could throw them out of contention. So I think you have to win at least three or four, and I think they got to take care of both against Arizona State uh, to make sure that they can get the best possible positioning. But uh, as we saw with St. Cloud, right, uh, they lost both and they went up two spots. You know, that's what is nice about being uh, near the top is you sometimes get buoyed by other teams. Alaska might have to get some help. It's going to be close, but if they win four, I would think that they that would be enough. It's going to be close, but I hope it would be because the seen Alaska school in the NCAA tournament would be phenomenal for the sport and for that region. Well, okay, I Mike, agree. Hold, hold on one second, Paul, because uh, you can get your last comment in in a second, and then you can also give us the trivia questions. But I got to tell Nick this. Um, the other thing, Nick, that that uh, we're going to be bringing you along to the NC or to the uh, Frozen Faceoff, and I've got a feeling that um, there could be an upset in that. I've told Paul this. I I think uh, it would be not highly unlikely for a Duluth or even a North Dakota to win their first round series and maybe win the frozen face off. Is that unlikely to you? Uh, it, it's not, it's not. I, I think more Minnesota Duluth, uh, at least as of late has a better chance. North Dakota has, you know, they can still score, but the problem for them has been goaltending this year. Um, they're still also a very young squad. Duluth is also still young in their own right, but uh, you know, they've been, anemic when it comes to their offense it's not the most unlikely scenarios but again you look at the top four you know if the nchc first round starts right now north dakota's playing omaha and omaha has given north dakota fits over the years and uh, what do you know st cloud and minnesota duluth have not had any sort of meaningful games the past three years at all just totally nope. kidding um so it very well could be a possibility and that's the one thing that's about the nchc in the big 10 this year is that you know Minus Miami, you know, and and we no disrespect to the Red Hawks and Chris Bergeron, but uh, holy cow, uh, you can't really count anybody out in this conference. And when a push comes to shove in a one-off game, or excuse me, the first round is best of three, you just never know. So it, it's it's very likely that it could happen. Well, I I think that this year, as as much as any other year, uh, cries out. Uh, for expansion in the NCAA tournament. Um, yes. It, I mean, uh, the transformation committee talked about 50%. And, you know, we had this discussion with Michael Weissman of the NCHC where 32 teams might be too much. And I can see that point, but they definitely need to get to 24. I'm with you right on the bot with 24. Uh, I think it needs to at minimum get to that. Um, and again, you know, you talk about, and the other thing they got to figure out, and this is a side topic, but you know, these neutral sites, I get it, but they got to figure out a way to fill those buildings. If there's one, one of the bigger disappointments about, uh, the college hockey playoff season is when, you know, when you turn over to basketball and every arena is filled, there's energy. And yet you go over to some of these neutral sites and, you know, it's, vastly empty. They've got to figure that out. I don't know if it's, I know that ticket prices, they're a gate driven revenue type situation. I get that, but they've got to figure out a way to get more people in those buildings because right now their corn format is just not working. Well, here's, here's, I'll make it simple. And I know that that's not how college hockey. So we can forget about this ever happening. Um, if they're not going to create more conferences, okay, 
then you need to go if once you four, you need to go to a, the college baseball format, so to speak, um, or something similar to that. Conference winners automatically one through six seeds. I don't care if it's Atlantic hockey. They're automatically a one to six seed. And this way, you know, th- that conference's teams are not always playing on the road. They'll get at least, you know, at least one home series. You want to reseed after that, that's fine. But conference winners, automatic one through six seeds. Um, maybe if you have 24 teams, uh, maybe the conference winners and the two top at-large teams get get a, get a week off, but the other 16 teams play two out of three at the higher seed. And then two out of three the next round at the higher seeds. And you go from there to the frozen four. You opened up a can of worms we don't have time for. <laughs> oh, no, we have all summer for this. I'm just, <laughs> no, no, I'm, just, I'm talking just tonight. Just get ready. I, I'm oh. talking tonight. Just get ready uh, you got, because that's what we're going to do. We're going to give away two gift cards to the uh, Spaghetti Shack here in uh, Arizona. So if you're not from Arizona and you come to Arizona, come by here. If you're a hockey team, uh, check out their catering. Great prices, great food, and they'll deliver it to you, set it up for you, all that good stuff. Um, just check out the SpaghettiShack.com. Uh, but anyway, Paul Hornstein, you got a couple of questions, and if you are uh, so inclined to answer them and send them to our Twitter account at College Hockey W, College Hockey West, no, College Hockey W. Let me get it right. You're the guy that runs the account, <laughs> man. Come on. I know. I've got. I've got... <laughs> I don't have anything on my mind. Anyway, College Hockey W, uh, you can go ahead and uh, send us that, and we will pick a winner or two. Paul's got two questions, I think. Go ahead, Paul. All right. These are obviously ASU-related since, you know, our buddy Joey there is an ASU alum and the Spaghetti And a former part of the 942 crew. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, and these are single-season questions, so um, you just have to research them. Who is the single-season record holder for points for ASU. That's one. And the other is who is the single season record for shorthanded goals? Ah, Very good. Um, we will put those up on Twitter tonight, I promise, if you uh, didn't hear this. But go ahead and send them to at College Hockey W, and uh, we'll get a winner and uh, get you a $25 gift card to the Spaghetti Shack, where you can come and have either a small shack, a mid shack, a full shack, gluten-free, your choice, meatballs, garlic bread, side salads, family salads. They got everything. They got dessert, yeah, they uh, cheesecake. They got the, the chewy marshmallow treats. They, they got everything. Oh, they, get, they, they think they're coming out with that garlic bread pizza, right? Uh, yeah, that's probably true. That I, I know they were making they were making spaghetti tacos tonight, so oh, all nice. kinds of good stuff. <laughs> nice. I figured you'd like that. Nick, um, thanks so much for joining us. I was appreciate, easy for me to say, appreciate your insight. And um, we will be in touch very soon. Hopefully, we'll have some big news for people to uh, to to follow Nick Maxson on. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hope you, you have me. extra shovels. I got plenty. <laughs> okay. And they're attached. And they're attached to my body. They're my two arms. So. Oh my lord. <laughs> All right. That's Nick Maxson, the uh, ultimate play-by-play guy. And uh, Nick will be joining me in uh, the Frozen or in St. Paul for the Frozen Faceoff coming up. So. Look forward to that. Um, okay, Paul, you got anything more that you need to say? or um... yeah, From the Summer Skate Studios, behind the masks, College Hockey West Weekly. 
Brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Now at our two locations, the original at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, and the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Desert Toyota of Tucson at 7150 East 22nd Street in Tucson or desert.com. We are the Toyota dealer that Tucson counts on. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Jets Pizza, go to JetsPizza.com to find your fresh deal at your nearest Jets location today. Top Golf, play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. The Spaghetti Shack, quality food quickly with locations in Tempe, Queen Creek, and the new location in Pine Top. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where worldwide it's where the action is in the resort or in town. Liberty University, key education and faith with equal passion at liberty.edu. By M Drive, go to mdriveformen.com to see which M Drive formula is for you. And by College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. College Hockey West Weekly, presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Subscribe, rate, review, search ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. Search ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, and have your friends and family find out the best way to download the podcast behind the mask college hockey west weekly and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the icetimehockeywest.com network very well done my friend i do have two uh, noteworthy things to throw out there cole gutman scored his second goal of the of his nhl career tonight against the vegas golden knights and stephen marsh our own stephen marsh is a little worried about that the back night didn't want him to score any more tonight <laughs> And also, uh, on Saturday, Coach Frank Saratori, the czar, as we like to call him, uh, hit the milestone of 1,100 games coached. Wow. So congratulations that. to uh, Coach Frank Saratori and the job that he's done at Air Force over the years. All right. We'll say goodnight uh, from the Spaghetti Shack. If you get a chance, get on Roll Road, stop in in Tempe, and uh, get yourself some great food. And uh, don't forget those two trivia questions. Paul, you want to throw them out there one last time? All right, who was the single-season leader in shorthanded goals for ASU? And who was their single-season points record holder? Um, you can dig that up and find that and get those answers. And by the way, don't forget, uh, uh, when you order your Spaghetti Shack, you can do it online. Uh, they have Ghost Kitchen, Queen Creek. So you can get all that stuff, and you don't have to be right there in Tempe. You can go to any of those locations. Yeah, really good idea. Um, I will tell you as well that uh, you go ahead and send those answers to at College Hockey W and uh, on our Twitter account, and we will find a winner and get you a $25 gift card. So, all right, we'll say good night. Good night, everybody.